is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmu, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone. So today I have my lovely Jane Baker. Um, she's a high ticket sales expert and international best-selling author. She specializes in working with self-respect entrepreneur and coaches to make high ticket sales. Thank you so much, Jane, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so excited because I I have been friend with you on Facebook and follow you for a while. And I really like your content. Thank you. I try and just kind of write content in a way that's really just authentic to me and what it is that I feel that I want to say versus kind of following any sort of script as such. So I do a lot of it, just kind of whatever inspires me. Yeah, I see. I think a few days ago you post about that many people couldn't believe themselves that they can sell high tickets because they not really start selling yet even. Yeah, so a lot of people tend to say that they couldn't possibly sell high ticket because their audience wouldn't buy it. But in reality, they've never even tried selling high ticket to their audience, so they don't actually know if that's the case. And also, there tends to sometimes be an element of they're not even selling anything anyway. So it's all kind of just one big story that they have around a comic sales. Nobody would pay that. When realistically, and I always say to people that no matter what audience you have, have no matter how big that audience might be, no matter how small it might be, there will already be people in there that would be more than willing to pay high ticket prices to work with you. But you've got to give them the opportunity to do so. So since you said that we have to give the audience opportunity to work with us, how is that like? Typically, it's just letting them know that they can actually work with you. Really, um, I think what can happen for a lot of people is they obviously often have those fears around I don't want to be salesy or I don't want to be spammy because one of the things that really kind of irritates me a lot is people kind of shaming others for you know they've they've sold something or they've they've said that they've got something to sell and it creates this environment where people are too afraid to really let the world know that they have something available where as really, there's so many people out there that need what you do, whether you're a service provider, whether you're selling coaching, whatever it might be, someone needs what it is that you've got. And when you're not even just telling them that they can work with you and that they can buy this, you're probably not even serving them at the highest level because typically I see selling as serving. So you can't fully serve someone if you're not letting them work with you, if you're just letting them have kind of your motivational posts or your free items. So actually... You just need to let them know. You need to say to them, hey, you know, I actually have something that you can buy from me. There's a way in which you could actually work with me if you want to. Most people are waiting for that invitation and they actually want it. And it's surprising how many people, they, they build an audience and they think that they're just going to not sell anything for six months because they want to build that sort of value. 
And at the end of the six months, some of the people that have been the most engaged have gone and bought from someone else because that other person was actually there to really serve them and to sell to them. And so they kind of ended up missing out. Mm-hmm. So everything's starting from self-awareness and starting from the owner itself. Yeah. I mean, when, whether you've got a small audience, whether you're a coach, whether you're a service-based business, no matter what it might be, you are leading your audience and you're often training them to a certain degree as well. So if you're somebody that starts a community and never tells them that you have something available, then you've trained them into thinking that there's not a next level for them to go to. So often when you do then go and ask them to take action on something, they've already been trained out of doing it. So they're not even kind of expecting it and they've often gone elsewhere. The only time we really serve in our audience at the highest level is when we're selling them, when we'll let them know that there's a next step for them to be able to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, we talked offline before. Um, you told me that the you take high ticket thing different from other people. So what is high ticket means for you? For me, it means different to lots of different people. So typically speaking, I work with clients who are selling everything from 10K right the way up to, so the largest sale I've helped the client make is just over the the 1 million mark. So we cover high ticket selling as an actual high ticket. So this isn't about kind of taking someone from, you know, $15 and then you sell them something else for $50 and then you sell them something else. But, you know, for a, for a lot of the clients, we're literally straight off selling someone into something that is 20K, 50K um, and even higher. So, but it's all about seeing high ticket as the vessel. So it isn't just about creating a one size fits all. So I've got some clients that sell high ticket and it's group work. I've got other clients that sell it and it's events. I've got clients that do it as one-to-one. Some people actually do it and it's high ticket where they've got kind of 12 months access to digital courses online and there's no real work with them at all. It's all about understanding what it is that you're looking to achieve with your life. So when I first started selling high ticket with my own coaching business, I wanted freedom. I wanted to be able to travel, something that I wasn't able to do in my first business. So for me, it was about leveraging high ticket selling as the sort of vessel and creating offers that enabled me to travel. So I did intensive days all around the world, for example. So I was able to travel and I was able to make a lot of money at the same time. It's about blending the high ticket selling and unlocking a limitless life with it versus just making money and working 24 hours a day as such. It's, it's much more about integrating in the life that you want and having it open those doors for you. Yeah, 100%. I'm really support that because that's actually the outcome of my service. It is like to help you to keep remaining your lifestyle and not get that satisfied from working in the business, right? It's exactly what you just said. And I came across like, of course, we surrounded our society right now online with like very high range of, no, not only high, but like very wide range of high tickets and I think it's confusing people like low ticket, high impact, medium tickets or like high ticket. How this really matters to the impact that they give in your opinion? I don't necessarily think it matters so much for the impact, but everybody, different things kind of fill different people. So for me, 
I'm fueled by working privately with someone. I'm fueled by working, working in kind of those closed environments. And when I first started my coaching business, because I desired that freedom laptop lifestyle, I went down the route of, okay, so I've got to do this through online courses because most people will say you can only achieve a laptop lifestyle if you are selling online courses and a passive income. But I actually genuinely don't enjoy that either. It's not something that lights me up. Um, I, I like to be quite hands-on with people. And so the idea that I'm just going to sit there and let everybody decide whether they log in or take action or not isn't something that really kind of fits and fill me. So yes, you know, can you make money that way? You absolutely can, but you can make money 21 million different ways. It's really about finding what's going to fill you at the same time. So for me, I love being able to serve people at that higher level. You can give them a different experience. You can serve them at a higher level and you can sometimes attract a different type of person to work with you as well. You know, lots of people think that those that would be buying high tickets are actually really demanding. Whereas actually for myself and my clients, we see the opposite being the case. We see that actually we end up with our lowest ticket clients tend to be way more demanding than our higher ticket clients ever are. So I think there's lots of myths around every single thing. There's always myths around low ticket, there's myths around high ticket. Ultimately, you can sell at whatever level you want to sell at, as long as it's personally, I believe, as long as it's something that you actually enjoy delivering. If you don't enjoy delivering it and it doesn't tick those boxes for you and your own life and your own type of um, purpose, then you kind of got to look elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that cost is not for you. It's not for me as well. I try put outside the service. It's not really for me as well. And I really, I mean, I feel you what you say, like you want to do more hand holding. And I find actually doing one on one and like at the higher level and then like help my team support them on the other area. That's actually what I go for. And I feel more confident working with as well. I resonate with you on that. And yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't think other people should judge other people by how much they will price their service if they're okay to serve their clients with like lower tickets in the longer term more commitment building community that's totally fine as long as they enjoy right i think that there's no i think the other kind of important thing to remember is you can do all of them you know i've got high ticket um, i've got packages that range from 10k right the way up to 200k but I also have online courses. So you don't have to have one or the other. And I think that we probably should remember as business owners that we make the rules. We can decide what rules we're playing by and we don't have to be one thing or another. We can serve a wide range of people. We can change our minds. We can integrate something and then decide not to do it the next year because ultimately, you know, we are, we, we make the rules, which is why we're business owners, right? Versus going in and working for someone else. Yeah, we own the business, not business yeah. owners. <laughs> Yeah, so let, let, let's step back a little bit about high tickets. So what are the real core components regarding to high tickets um, offer like this? It would be the marketing part, the sales part, the offer part, or the delivery part in your opinion, like how these components go along together. One of the most important parts of high ticket selling is getting your position in mind. So we've got to remember with high ticket selling that the result has to be really valuable. So the result has to be positioned directly towards that want that your ideal clients have. And it has to be that really valuable want. I think one of the biggest issues, particularly something I see for sort of the experts and service-based business owners and coaches is they focus on selling the thing. So, you know, a virtual assistant will sell their virtual assistant services for 20 hours a week or 
the web designers um, selling their web design services or the life coaches selling their life coaching. But when you're positioning it in that way, somebody doesn't connect with the real value of it. So for example, if they're going to go and pay you 10K to just have 20 hours of the week freed up, no, they're probably not. But if you as the virtual assistant instead positioned yourself as the virtual assistant who had a package that specialized in helping someone automate their business from six figures to multiple six figures, would they then go and pay you 10K a month? Yes, they would. Because the return is something they really see the value in. So one of the most important parts of high ticket selling is really understanding that positioning piece and really understanding the concept of selling them what they want and then giving them what they need. So you're selling them that really juicy, valuable destination, like an airplane sells you the amazing destination you're going to travel to. And then obviously the airplane get, is the thing that they need to take them there. So your services would be what they need in order to get that valuable result. So positioning is definitely by far the most key thing, but also understanding who is going to really value your services at the highest level. So it's not going to be the same person that's only going to value you to pay in $500, for example, is going to be the person that is going to get the most value out of your work. So you've got to position it not just in the message, but also to the right person so that you're really capturing them where you're going to get the maximum return from what it is that you do really. And um, the one other thing that I always say to people is you've got to be really careful not to overload your, your offers. So the idea that, okay, if I throw more in, it's worth more, totally isn't the case. One of my first high ticket offers, I put in a helicopter ride, champagne dinner, because it was like, well, I just need to make it sound more expensive. I need to make it more valuable. I added in everything in the kitchen sink, every offer I could think of, every single hour of my time. And actually nobody bought it because it actually wasn't that valuable at all. It was really noisy. It had way too much in there. And it took them away from, yes, I really want this into... I want it, but I don't necessarily actually need it right now. So less is actually more. Just because you add more into it doesn't make it more valuable. What makes it valuable is really focusing on that result. So that package, for example, I failed to, to sell the first time. I took away all the noise, went back to the basics of this is where I'm taking them to. This is the value. And I sold it at double the price the next time with less in it. So it really is just about positioning and then understanding the value piece is the result it's the destination it's not sort of working with you 20 hours a day right and i think this would be the next question that people might ask how can i validate this offer validating the offer always is always going to come down to that that end piece you know that kind of valuable piece that, that someone is is wanting, you know, one of the things that we say to people is whilst you're worrying about whether this is too expensive, whether somebody would pay this, there is someone, one, multiple people that are in your, in your you know, sector right now who are selling the same services that you are, positioned in a slightly different way, and they're selling them at eye-watering amounts of money, and they're sold out. You just may never have heard of them before. But, you know, there's, there's always going to be people that are willing to pay at the higher ticket. You've just got to make sure you know that valuable result piece. And obviously, if you're someone that has worked with people previously, you can use that as a bit of an example. If, you're, if you don't have any of that, then one of the key things you could do is go and research. So go and find those people that are selling at the higher level in your industry. Now, what are the types of things that they are doing? Not from a point of view where you copy them, but from a point of view where you really understand the market and understand what that market finds most valuable in whatever it is that you would be providing. And one of the key things you kind of just got to remember is, 
you don't always need to reinvent the wheel. You know, you don't have to go and find this amazing shiny new thing that no one's ever done before. If there's someone that is consistently selling something that is being done, then you can use that as inspiration and obviously just tweak it so it fits you a bit more. But ultimately, there's always somebody that's going to buy what you're offering. There's always somebody out there for it, regardless of what price you put on it. So you are saying that we should always offer or always like invite people or what would you be your sales suggestion then? With regards of how to sell it, I don't believe in cookie cutter approaches. So typically speaking, whoever is going to pay for your high ticket offer might could hang out in one of a million different areas. And they do hang out on Facebook, but then you equally could find them on LinkedIn, you could find them on Instagram, you could find them just by going to in-person events, you could find them by just speaking on podcasts, which is this one. There's so many different layers to, you know, where do you market and where do you make sales to that a cookie cutter approach just isn't something that I kind of preach. And um, for me, it's all about understanding who am I selling to, understanding where they typically hang out. But you also have to understand the buy-in process of your ID client. So we all tend to like to buy in different ways. And people who are going to pay a certain amount of money will like to purchase and, and spend that in a way as well. So myself, for example, um, I don't like getting on sales calls. If I want what you're offering, I don't want to spend 30 to 60 minutes of my precious time um, finding out whether I can actually do that or not. I'm someone that sees that I want something and I want to buy it in then, regardless of what the price may be. And so it's really important to understand that you know that, that buying habits of your ideal clients. So when you're putting that sales process together, you're marketing in the places that you know that they hang out. But then when it comes to actually selling to them, you're doing so in a way that actually meets them where they're at and is going to provide them with an experience where they want to say yes to. If you've got that wrong buy-in process, they're likely just going to go somewhere else. So, but how you sell it all comes down to you, what it is you're selling, who it is you're selling to, and the best way that you're going to be able to get in front of them. For most people, it's a bit of a mixture, unless obviously you're selling to the corporate market, and then that tends to be more of a direct outreach approach. But otherwise, it's always going to be marketing in some way, so people become aware of you, and then they move into your community where you educate them, and then obviously you sell to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Got a nugget right here, everyone. Take notes, take notes. This is like a really good summary and really clear picture right here. Am I correct that you also have team support you as well? So I do have team um, support. I personally have team support and um, depending on if you work with me at certain levels, you get access to members of those teams as well. And um, me personally, I run other businesses. So I actually own a total of five businesses. Um, I'm lucky though that they're all kind of managed by other people and I stay remain hands-on with this type of work. So helping others with high ticket. Um, I mean, whether you actually need a team to sell high ticket comes down to what it is you're doing. You can easily sell high ticket without having a team. Um, but equally for certain sectors, having a team could definitely be beneficial and obviously outsourcing You know, if we think about it from the aspect of if there's something that takes you two hours to do that you could be charging, um, say, 10K for those two hours, you're way better off outsourcing it than having your two hours kind of broken up by something that isn't going to get you the biggest return. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I I just wonder, like, when people start high tickets, do they really need, like, to support in any other area or it depends on the business model that they have decided to pursue? Again, it completely depends um, on the business model. I think the one thing to remember with high ticket selling is typically it's very simple. Um, you know, 
but we unless you're if you're providing a service for example that includes an agency then obviously you need to go and get kind of staff and, and things like that yourself but if you were a virtual assistant or if you were a social media manager or a web designer or a coach of any kind typically speaking everybody already has whatever they need to sell high ticket they already have their expertise they already have the service they already have the time all they really need to do is show up with uh, an offer that is compelling enough that somebody would pay high ticket for but typically everybody could just one of the things that I think I love about high ticket selling the most is you could literally wake up tomorrow, decide that you're going to put a high ticket package together, put one together and have sold it by the weekend because you're relying upon much smaller numbers. You don't need the large volumes of traffic going through funnels um, that you have to do for the low ticket. You can do so by getting in front of five people a month and you could still be hitting consistent 10K um, and above months in your business just by getting in front of five people every month. The numbers involved are much, much lower, which means it's much more accessible for people that are starting out to be able to scale that income in a really quick way. So um, one of the things that I talk about in my book is the concept of supercharging those sales. So I went from zero to 40K in under 30 days just by selling high tickets. And I did my first 100K cash in under six months just by selling high ticket, no kind of maidenness no fancy stuff, a really tiny audience. But because the numbers involved in selling high ticket are a lot lower, they enable you to supercharge quicker. So instead of having to have that big ad budget to get hundreds of people through those funnels to make those kind of conversions to see those five figure months, you can do it with high ticket selling with sort of like well, one conversion a month, two depending upon what you price your product at. So it's actually something that I believe is way more accessible to everybody starting out than perhaps some of the other kind of models that are out there. What about the responsibility or like expectation management? I think some people escape, no, not escape, but like give up on high tickets because they, they might think that, oh, they paid a very good amount of money, like a lot of money on them and they feel like pressure on and then they are afraid of delivering to reach the standard that the client expect. I think that's also something that people leave high ticket as well. What do you think on that? I think this also comes down to making sure that you're accepting the right people to work with you. So mm. I turn down way more people that want to work with me than I accept. And the reason for that is I kind of have the simple rule. If I, if I wouldn't enjoy 30 minutes in your company, you're not going to enjoy working with me. And I don't particularly going to enjoy working with you either. And so it wouldn't create a nice environment for either party. I'm very kind of open with my clients in the sense of, I don't babysit people. So if, if you're looking to work with me and have me babysit you, that's not going to happen. You need to be independent because unless you're going to work with me for the rest of your life, you're going to ha actually have to know how to do this independently and without me kind of constantly being there and over your shoulders. So I have a pretty strict kind of profile of type of person that I work privately with. And that's because I value my time and I also value their time. So one of the first things to think about is you set the rules, you know, just like we said, you're the, you're the rule maker. So if you know that this is the type of person you would most enjoy working with and is someone who doesn't need babysitting, you know, is more independent, wouldn't be necessarily really demanding of your time, then those are things that you would want to make sure that you are applying when you're deciding whether someone can come and work with you or not. So you decide whether someone works with you, you decide who that person is. And I think the other thing to consider is, again, it kind of comes back to that myth around you know, those kind of higher ticket clients being a lot more hard work. I see the absolute opposite. Most of my high ticket clients are 
absolutely amazing. And some of them I barely even hear from. You know, I hear from them less than I hear from some, some of my lower ticket ones because they tend to be, um, particularly my higher end clients, they tend to be sort of more independent. They, they're already successful and, bu and busy anyway. So they don't want kind of to be in contact with me every single day. So it really comes down to you and you being really clear on who it is that you are for and who it is that you, you know, you're not for and setting those guidelines right from the beginning so people know. And also when it comes to the pressure of delivering the result, nobody should be offering a result that they can't help someone achieve. So that's kind of the thing to remember is, you know, if you, if you genuinely cannot deliver that result, then that's not the result that you would be going out there. But equally, the other thing to remember, depending upon the type of business you're in, we can't always be responsible for absolutely everything. You know, if, if you're a coach, for example, you know, when you, once it's left your brain and it, it's gone out there into the world, if that individual doesn't necessarily do anything with it, then that's kind of not necessarily your real kind of issue as such. So, but you, it's like not kind of, you don't have to have a, oh, I'm going to go and help you make you a billion dollars to be high ticket to someone. You know, people value lots of different things in their life. And as long as you are delivering a valuable result to the person you are selling it to and just don't kind of overshoot what that is, be confident in what the result will be. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, take note, everyone. This is, this is the real thing that like, um, not, I didn't hear people talking in this depth much so at least hope my audience get to hear this i appreciate you unfortunately right now we still locked down right especially you are in spain and you're still not able to travel but you mentioned about laptop lifestyle and traveling as well so i just want to ask you that what's your plan next where you're going to go travel yeah so typically speaking i'm a bit of a travel holic so last year we went on 10 vacations in the end i think it was so kind of being locked down this year is, is a big deal. Although we are, we can travel to the other islands because obviously we live somewhere. There's, so there's eight islands in total in the Canary Islands. We live on one of them. So we did over the summer do a bit of a road trip around the other islands just to kind of get out a little bit. But typically speaking, I spent a lot of my time in the US and Canada. So I was due to be in uh, Toronto next month, although that's not happening. I was due to be in Florida in October, in November, but I don't think that's happening either. So um, some of the first places I'll be going when lockdown completely lifts um, is Lapland for Christmas, hopefully, fingers crossed, if that's still available, and then on to the US and Canada for next year. But I'm a massive Formula One fan. So we tend oh. to travel with that. So we've got tickets for, for the race for next month that have people coming in. So we're hoping we get to go. <laughs> wow. I hope you all the best. I'm going back home in the next few days, actually six days. I'm going back to Thailand. So it's been challenging to go back home as well. But yeah, travel have to keep going. <laughs> we cannot stop like this. This is too much. <laughs> no, yeah. Same year. It's, it's, it's totally crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you mentioned that you have like five businesses and how you operate this business that or you have the CEO that you hired and then they manage the business for you like that? Um, so currently, I'm the CEO of an international group of companies. Um, but obviously, I, I tend to kind of oversee from a, from a CEO perspective. And then we've got uh, managing directors and we've got boards and we've got um, project managers and everything else that, that fall under that. So, um, yeah. Uh, we're always looking to add new businesses on. So we're always growing um, as a corporation and always moving on to new things. Yeah. So Jen is the CEO of the corporation who's traveling all around the world. 
in case anyone want to work with you after they listen to this golden nugget right here. So why can they reach out to you then? Uh, the best places to reach out to me will always be on my social media platforms. So obviously there's my personal profile, Jane Baker on Facebook or any of the social media platforms. You'll find me um, with the social media and then I am Jane Baker. So I'm the same across all platforms. So it's easy to find. Um, and also my Limitless Living uh, Lounge on Facebook is my free community. Inside of there, I do free trainings um, every month. We have open coaching sessions. We also do quarterly challenges as well. So there's always lots of things going on in there for anybody who wants to know more about how to get started. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.